Hello and welcome to our show, Before You Go, on KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Nicole Franklin. And I'm Bryant Monte. And for this particular episode, we're doing something a little different. And as you may know, this show is all about seniors. Yes, it is. We love sharing their stories and the rich history they so eloquently share with us. Part of our mission is to do our part, and that is to provide information that may help our seniors. That's right. And a lot of times we don't realize how we need to protect our seniors, whether it be in the form of scams that target them, financial fraud, or even elder abuse. Today on our show, we have two representatives from the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. Renee Rose is the current deputy in charge of the Elder and Dependent Adult Abuse Section of the White Collar Crimes Division of the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. And Etta Hernandez is a victim service representative for the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Welcome, Renee and Etta, to our show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. So, so, Renee, when you think about this topic that we're talking about today, why do you think this is so important and vital? I think information and knowledge is power. And particularly since the pandemic and people have been more isolated than they would normally have been, I think it's even more important to show people and explain to people the frauds that are out there, the things that the scamsters are trying to get from them so that when it comes at them and it will come at them, um, they're going to be ready for it and they're going to know how to avoid it, and they're going to be able to tell their friends on how to avoid it. And once we share that information, then we have the power to stop this. An informed soldier is an effective soldier. Why is this population, and what years are we talking about, Renee, um, when we say an older population? Let's mention some ages. I mean, I think for the statistics, most of the statistics are 65 and older, and that's sort of how we group them in the district attorney's office in Los Angeles. So my victims in the unit are either 65 years or older, or they're between 18 and 64, and they're either developmentally disabled or physically disabled. Um, and so they would qualify for, um, to be victims within our unit if they are either physically abused, neglected, emotionally, psychologically abused, or financially abused. And I think that when we look at the statutes in California, it either looks at an age of either somewhere between 60 and 70 as uh, an age where these um, special crimes start to um, become relevant for them. And so um, the reality is that 70 to 75% of the wealth in the nation is in the hands of the seniors. Yeah. Um, so they are a target rich environment for scammers. And, um, and those guys are really good. And no matter sometimes how well prepared you are, you're never prepared enough for how good these guys can be in convincing you to do something. And, you know, I think about the, the new year and new things are happening in some ways. And a lot of people are, you know, making changes in whatever ways they are. But when it comes to these scams in particular, do you see that uh, a lot has not changed or it's the same or is it new with a different flavoring i guess you would say well we tend to see scams um they're looking for one of two things they are looking for your personal identifying information because they're going to take that and either get some money in another form or uh, use your identity if you will to get something or they want your money 
And they're going to get it generally in a, just a few ways. They're either going to try and make you think that you are about to get something fantastic, that you have to decide right away um, if you, in order to get this fantastic thing, or they're going to use some type of scare tactic that if you don't act immediately, then you will have a consequence. You'll lose your home. You'll lose your um, uh, someone, someone important to you will be harmed. You will, the police will come arrest you. You'll lose your freedom. And so it's either for your money or personal identifying information, and it's going to come at you at one of two ways, but they, they really morph with the time. So the pandemic brought a lot of pandemic related scams that were either after your money or personal identifying information. Um, when we have disasters, we see a lot of fake charity scams that come to light. Um, every April, we have the angry IRS agent that's calling, screaming at you for non-payment of your taxes. Um, and, and, and I think all of us take pause in that and think, well, did I pay my taxes? Did I miss something? Right. And so that's something we can all relate to. So there's going to be certain times of the years when there's going to be certain scams that come at you. but what I've seen recently is this cryptocurrency has become a very hot topic. And I think sometimes people feel like they don't want to miss out on whatever cryptocurrency really is. That's FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. And so there is, you know, we see online romance scams that turn into bogus investment schemes. And the method of payment is this cryptocurrency that a lot of people don't truly understand. Mm -hmm. um, and so they get sort of swept along with these scams. So I, we see the good old fashioned ones that, that have been around time and time again, um, that we can talk to, you know, about more in detail about what those are. And then there are, you know, opportunity scams, just whatever's happening in the world is going to be an opportunity for them to sort of pivot and scam. Yeah. And I wanted to bring in uh, Edder uh, Hernandez. Um, when it comes to your position, what is it that might surprise a lot of us about what you see and have uh, that you can testify when it comes to seniors uh, being targets? I think a lot of people don't realize that it really first comes from home, as in it's the son, it's the grandchild, it's a close relative, unfortunately, who um, may cause fraud or maybe uh, abusing the grandparent in the household. Um, more cases than not, that's usually the situation regarding the abuse. Yeah, it could be um, something that's not easy to talk about if it's a relative, right? So you really want, don't want to turn that person in maybe because of your relationship. So that must be quite difficult, um, quite difficult. We look forward to uh, diving into this a bit deeper. Unfortunately, it's just, it, it's so common. The work that we both put into try and help both sides to try and help the victim as much as we can. That's what I'm there for. And the DA as well. And also just trying to get services for the defendant and the victim as well. Now, elder abuse covers a wide range of circumstances. We got into it a bit earlier, but um, can either of you describe what we're talking about here in detail? Maybe we should break it up into the types of crimes. I know we have financial crimes and we have physical um, abuse as well, but um, how do we break these down and, and what should we look for? What are the signs? 
Well, for our purposes, any crime that happens to someone who's 65 years or older or is developmentally or physically disabled is that type of abuse. So it could be elder abuse in the context of a murder, of a sexual assault, of physical assaults, of neglect, of emotional or psychological abuse, and uh, financial abuse. It could be straight theft crimes or embezzlement crimes or um, trying to think of what else we see a lot of. Um, the scams, the stranger scams. So one in 10 Americans that are 60 years or older are going to experience some form of abuse, be it physical, financial, psychological, emotional, or neglect. And only one in 14 are going to report for the various reasons that Edda talked about. These are primarily the adult children of our victims, but there's also other family members involved. It could be grandchildren, it could be another relative, it could be a friend, it could be a neighbor. Um, it could be a professional that helps that um, senior and has, has had a relationship with that senior, a financial planner, a real estate agent, a lawyer, um, we see all kinds of potential abusers out there. Um, it's, it's often a very opportunistic crime for people. Um, and then there is this generation of people who are polite and trusting and your word is your, mm -hmm. is your bond. And they, they believe the voice of the person who's knocking on the other side of the door. And when the and when they're called on the phone, they believe what that person is telling them um, because that's the way it used to be. And, mm. and that very nature of this generation, this trusting, polite um, generation makes them ripe targets for the scammers because they understand they have these generational issues. And then you have people that are isolated and lonely and want to talk on the phone and want to have that right. interaction. And perhaps the only interaction they had all week was with a scammer. Um, and I tell, I go out and I speak for at senior, um, at senior centers, uh, a lot about this is, a, this is a, a, a group of people that target the best things about your generation and they use it against mm -hmm. you. Um, and so, uh, I tell them they need to be a little bit rougher, like my generation, a little bit more skeptical. <laughs> yeah, but how do you get inside an entanglement <laughs> um, that could be a romantic partner or this generation right below or the, the grandchildren? When it's in the house, how do you get in there and make it right? That's That might be quite delicate. Uh, I don't even know how to start, but how does the DA office do this? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's the other. So, for example, we'll have um, one sibling that is the abuser. And it's generally what happens in a family when the circumstance happens is that you have someone in the family that is mentally ill or drug or substance abusing or financially insolvent. Mm -hmm. And that adult person is living with the parent or grandparent because that's the person in the family that's going to take them in. Right. And so the most dangerous right. person in the family is now paired with the most vulnerable person. And for the other people in the family, unfortunately, it also serves a purpose, right? That, that person living there is supposed to go to the doctor and do the shopping and take them to the bank. And so the person living there has the access and really 
the close relationship with the senior. And so sometimes it's an outside sibling that comes in and maybe they don't know something's happening until the electricity is out and uh, bills aren't getting paid. That might be the first sign that somebody realizes that financial abuse is happening because the family is not paying attention. There is trust. Sometimes there's just dysfunction that stops them from having these um, conversations, if you will. Um, but there's a lot of trust of a parent and a lot of love and a lot of emotion all intertwined. So it's very difficult. That's why it's so important for us to look out for our friends and see what's happening in their families and maybe be that voice for them to speak out when other members in the family aren't speaking out. Well, I'm, I'm curious, though, uh, with Los Angeles in particular, it's a lot of people. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that does not get addressed by your office or comes to your office. Can you compare your area to the rest of the country and what what is it like or what's kind of unique in terms of Los Angeles County? Um, the only thing I can say is we have a we have a larger unit than I think most counties do. We have dedicated prosecutors that are specially trained and that go countywide and handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone has the same dynamic which is you have a parent and a child a lot of times, or you have a, somebody who's been scammed by a stranger and they're afraid if they tell people that their friends and family will no longer believe that they can now live alone and live independently because this is a very fierce mm. generation. They are fiercely independent. They have saved their entire lives. They have survived a world war and a great depression and they have saved their money and paid off their homes and have good pensions and good retirements and saved for this time in their life. And then they don't spend it, Mm -hmm. right? Because what if another depression or something happens and they need that money? So these piles of money. um, And then I think there's some embarrassment and shame that they got tricked. Yes. But tricked by somebody they either didn't know or somebody they loved and cared about and trusted. And so there's all of those emotions that play into it. Um, and so it's very difficult. It's, it's difficult to get in there. So I think everybody has that problem. Um, but we get out there and we talk about it and things to look for. And we're hoping that we can convince people to come forward and to help their friends. I wanted to ask, uh, Edder, when you look at uh, a, a given day, take us through a day for you. Because you're, you're representing the victims most of the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, my given days, I usually come in. Um, I check my calendar to see uh, if I have any court to go and uh, provide assistance to any victims that are going through the through the unit. Usually, um, I'll go to court or end up reaching out to victims. I get uh, police reports from local stations or uh, general public, uh, but typically, I get most of my cases from the DA's office itself, our unit in other branches as well. And so I'll reach out, contact them. I have a position where I'm free to roam around. So I'm responsible for the north end of Los Angeles County. So anything from Norwalk to Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are days where I'm in Pomona. There are days where I'm in San Fernando. There are days I'm here in my office in downtown. So it varies. And, and that's what I really do enjoy about my job and the work. And then just trying to help victims as much as I can. I'm sure you see things that you don't want to see. You hate the thought of someone taking advantage of someone so vulnerable or people so vulnerable. What brings you into the business, so to speak? What drives you to be passionate about this? Honestly, um, I've always wanted to just help people. I always want had a 
when I graduated college, I always had a drive for working in government to see how I can best help or serve people. Um, I, I kind of fell into uh, victim advocacy and it's something that I do enjoy because I'm just, I'm there to try and help someone through a really difficult time in their lives. I enjoy um, being a source of comfort, a source of information and resilience for them, getting through sometimes horrible periods of their lives. So for me, what really drives me is being able to help people. And how long have you been doing this, Edder? I have 12 years of experience. Specifically with elder abuse, though, I have four. And has the caseload grown significantly because of the pandemic? Or is it about the same numbers that you have on your desk? It varies. Immediately after the pandemic, it started to shrink a little bit because people were really scared of going outside. But then all of a sudden, we've had um, a larger caseload just because a lot of people were frustrated, I'm assuming because of the pandemic and because they can't go outside, people are afraid to go outside. So unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, mental anguish and issues or mental stress that's occurring. And uh, we had an influx of cases coming through. So right now, after the holidays, we tend to have a little bit of influx again, once again, because um, families are getting together over mm. the Christmas table or the holidays, and sometimes frustrations boil over. Wow. And it's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Outside of the family or the house, there are call centers that incessantly call all day long the seniors at home. And I want to know, who are these kingpins who own and run the call centers <laughs> and steal and scam in the financial realm? Have you guys targeted any and, and how do we get rid of them? <laughs> That's a difficult um, proposition um, because they're very flexible and they move around. And so I think that our U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles has been aggressively going after more, more of these multinational um, types of schemes with these larger organizations. Um, we haven't done a lot of that at my level because we have so much physical and financial um, abuse on an individual level to deal with, to have a much larger case, although we are always available to look at larger cases. Um, and we see various scams come in regularly. Um, the grandma-grandpa scam is a very effective scam. It's, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but it's- a, I'm it's, not, what is that? Oh, it's where, it's where the senior will get a call about two o'clock in the morning, you know, jarring, kind of waking you up. And it will, it will be someone on the phone. And if it's a woman, it's grandma-grandma. And if it's a man, it's grandpa-grandpa. Um, the, vo the voice will be disguised either because it's pretending to cry or it's very upset. And the voice has to be disguised because it's not really your loved one calling you. Mm -hmm. But when it's in an excited state, it could be, and you've been woken up at two o'clock in the morning and they're calling to tell you that mm. some, something terrible has happened. They've gotten into a car accident in a foreign country, right? It has to oh. be someplace to wire money or send money to. Um, and it will usually involve more than one person, which is where I think people get caught up in this scam, they should always be aware that these scams involve multiple people mm -hmm. that will play mm -hmm. multiple parts. And so someone will play the part of a, say a grandchild. And inevitably what happens is when someone's woken up and the person says, grandma, 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 you know, I need your help. There's always someone in the family that will fit with. And the grandparent mm -hmm. might say, oh, Joey, is that you? And oh. now it's, oh yes, it's me, Joey. 
And then it was, I need your help. Don't tell mom and dad. I need this money. I've been arrested. I've been in a car accident. There are injuries. They're going to throw me in jail. I'm in Mexico. You know, that's a good one for us because Mexico is so close to the California border. And here, here's a, 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 someone from the U.S. Embassy, right? Now an official sounding voice will get on the phone because they're from the U.S. Embassy or they're a lawyer in a foreign country that's going to help you, but they need this money right away, mm-hmm. right? And so these grandparents are being woken up in the middle of the night to give money, um, thinking this terrible tragedy has happened and they're not given enough time to call anyone else in the family and they believe it's really happening. <laughs> I have a good trick for that. What I want people to do is have a question that they would ask this family member, right? A simple question, um, something that wouldn't, you wouldn't have put on social media, say a cat you used to have. All you have to do is say, Joey, what's the name of my cat? And when mm-hmm. Joey doesn't know the answer to that question, and as long as you haven't posted on social media, they won't hang up the phone. You're not talking hang to Hang up. Joey. Yep. Hang up. Right. right? Because, the, and, and this kind of scam is very successful. Because it, it plays into that, I need money. It's very scary. Don't tell mom and dad. That's something you would tell a grandparent. Um, and they would mm-hmm. help you. And so it, it's very effective. Now, now, let's just say, so we maybe put a dollar figure on something like that, that particular scam. Is there a certain level of how much, you know, one of these scams nets? Millions. Millions. Think about it. Each the person who the organizations that are doing these scams a lot of time aren't in this country, you know, Uzbekistan, China, Russia, uh, Nigeria, all over the world, these scams are happening. And there's somebody in a room somewhere, a group of people with a computer, and they know exactly what time it is in your city. And they have a list of people to call. And if it doesn't work on you, they call the next person and the next person and the next person. And the, of the 50 people they call, maybe. 10 or 12 will fall for this. And each will mm-hmm. give between five and $10,000. So, and, and that goes on every night. Wow. Oh no. So this is, this is a very successful scam. Um, and unfortunately, once you fall for some scam, you're then sort of traded, if you will, to another group that will do another type of scam on you. So it's like they trade information of, uh, yeah, I got so much from this person. Here's here. You try that. Absolutely. And it's a different scam. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. So I think it's very difficult to go after these groups. It's very, they, they're able to hide their phone numbers. It's called spoofing. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll look like someone may call you and it looks like a number from your town, but it won't be. Someone's calling you from a foreign country and they're making it look like it's a number from your town. So it's very difficult to track that, to figure out who's actually making that call. Yeah, this is something that affects so many people. It doesn't matter what your level of education, your ethnicity, your economic background, um, no matter what, this could easily affect, um, and I've seen it affect attorneys, doctors. Um, you know, it's something that unfortunately happens and you just have to learn how to move forward from it. Um, and even though it may affect you financially drastically, you know, at least you still have your health, you still have your family, you have a lot of people behind you and supporting you and just helping you move forward from it. Well, grandma, grandpa, scammers are the worst people on earth. Uh, we're going to have more with our discussion about what seniors need to be aware of to avoid scams and abuse when we return.
we're talking about a often difficult subject, and that's elderly abuse. Now, here on our show, we have Renee Rose and Edder Hernandez, and they're from the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Of course, their mission is to protect our more vulnerable population, senior citizens. Uh, just wanted to ask, Renee, when it comes to you talking about the scams, we're talking about uh, a vulnerable population because of this is one of the greatest populations when you think about senior citizens. These are innocents. Right, the innocence of, you know, they're just true to their word and they understand about, you know, integrity and honesty. And, and now that we live in a society where a lot of that is lost, um, how do we, you know, I understand we prosecute, but how do we intercept and prevent? I think the best way to do it is just to tell them what to look for and to remind them um, as much as we love our relatives, depending on what their circumstances are in life, they may make bad decisions uh, for a lot of reasons. And you can still love them and have them make a bad decision. And there are boundaries that have to be set. So I, I think what I want people to do is I want people to do the things like check your bank statements and your investment statements every month, even if you don't handle that. Um, if you assign that task to another family member, you should have those statements as well, and you should be reviewing them as well. And you should never sign a document that you don't understand or you haven't read. I can't tell you how many stories that come through my office started off with, well, my son put a piece of paper in front of me and I didn't realize I was signing the deed to my house. That is not what I intended to do. So just because you have someone who is in your family and that you love, you should be reading those things that are put in front of you. It's so important. Um, and then mm -hmm. remember those scams, right? They want your money. They want your personal identifying information. They're going to want it right now, or they're going to scare you for it. So remember those basic things. And no matter what direction it comes at you, what story is being unfolded for you, when you start to feel those immediacy and wow, this is a great thing. And how lucky am I? And how fortunate right. to have won the Jamaican lottery when I didn't even buy a ticket, <laughs> but it is still a very effective a million thing. Dollars. Right. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's a very effective tool that scammers do um, because a lot of people have financial strife and financial worries. And to have something that ends that worry is so tempting. That you, somebody's going to win it, right? So it might as well be you. Um, and I think they have to understand that if it is too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Um, you will never have to pay taxes for a lottery winning upfront. And that's how that scam works. Before they tell you that you've won the big prize and you've won the luxury vehicle or a laptop computer, and all you have to do is pay the luxury taxes. Of course, we all know you have to pay taxes, but they want you to pay the taxes up front. That's the scam, right? The government certainly will come behind and get those taxes when it's legit, mm -hmm. but they want, and the other really important thing about scams is they, they want you to pay in cryptocurrency or gift cards. Can we talk about the gift card scam and then get to the crypto scam? But yeah. How, yeah, the gift cards, this is, um, 
this is millions of dollars as well, right? This oh, billions. This is kind of a new thing. Billions. It, okay. It's, How does it work? It works because they're, it, the, you know, the angry IRS agent is calling you up and telling you that you haven't paid your taxes and you're going to be arrested. Your house is going to be taken from you um, unless you can pay $4,000 in iTunes gift cards. To this oh. generation, they think, wow, iTunes gift card is what I give my grandkid as a gift. Um, but what it really is, is it's currency throughout the world, right? There's just about, there's probably an Apple store in just about every country in the world. Right. And this is Apple cash, Apple currency that as soon as you give that number to the scammer, it's gone, untraceable. So they want gift cards, right? But that doesn't make any sense that a legitimate government agency would ever ask you to pay for anything. The Social Security Administration, the uh, any legitimate government agency, no one will ever ask you to pay for gift cards. That's your biggest red flag in how they want the payment. It is untraceable to them. And as soon as you read them the number, it's gone. That value is gone. So it's a perfect vehicle for a scammer untraceable to them. And Edder, I wanted to ask, or both of you can answer, in the population that you all are encountering, how many languages are spoken, would you say, an estimate? Like more than maybe 100? Well, I speak Spanish. I speak Spanish specifically. Um, and then we have a language line that I use. I think it's throughout the county, it was in the DA's office, where we communicate with people. It doesn't matter if they speak um, Persian, um, Mandarin, um, and easily, like you're saying, um, easily hundreds of languages in LA County. Um, so the, we use the language line, and then that way we have a, someone on the line, a third person translating between us and the victims or whoever we're speaking to. Oh, good. And you guys are staffed for that? Yes, we have access to that, to that program. So we just call up um, the program, um, we give them the number who we want to talk to, and then they connect us with a third person that speaks that language. I think it's most difficult for our educated population of seniors that, you know, CEOs of company and people that had very powerful jobs. Um, I think it's very difficult for them to understand how easy it is for them to be scammed. Mm -hmm. um, and, and what I think universally we want to tell people is this is all they do all day every day of the year and they're very good at it and so i know my my own father wanted to get on the computer when he was losing cognition and that to me is a very dangerous thing because a lot of stuff comes at us through our computer and we've had a tech support scam you know what that would look like is a nice man michael from microsoft would call you and tell you that microsoft has detected a virus on your computer isn't that nice that microsoft would call all of us and tell us that but that sounds very legitimate um and that what they're seeking is your password um to get into your computer where they're either going to put malware on your computer or ransomware and lock you out of your computer um but that affects a lot of people i've had a lot of um, a lot of men really who had very powerful jobs um, have fallen for this type of scam. And so um, I just, I wish people would understand how good they are, how refined that there's an answer. They're going to have an answer for every question you have. And it's going to sound really good because this is their job and they're good at it.
Just wanted to see if uh, you have any idea the percentage of cases that don't get reported or if you can say, well, just an estimate, we get about 40 percent of the cases that that, that happen or 50 percent or whatever the percentage might be, even though we don't know the unknown, of course. But can you get an estimate of how many people actually come forward and say, you know, this happened to me? Well, I mean, the statistics tell us one in 14 reports, but that could also be physical, emotional, psychological, not just financial. Um, I think a lot of people don't know who to report to when something like this happens. Um, and that that's a block as well, who to report to. Um, maybe they think, well, this is never going to be resolved. So I'm just, you know, lesson learned, hopefully. Um, and they don't report it at all. So I think a lot of it goes unreported, but there's some agencies out there that have statistics on how much of this is occurring. And um, I would say a lot more occurs than is ever reported. Uh, one thing also, it's really important for those, once they feel that they can talk about it and express it, to talk to it, to talk about it with their family, their loved ones, their friends, the people in their community, because you may be the reason why Dave around the corner doesn't fall for one of those scams. Uh, we are going to give some important information with our DA office here. First, though, I know there are many steps to acquiring cryptocurrency. How is it that scammers get seniors to participate in a cryptocurrency scam, please? Well, I think the, um, <laughs> the most um, prominent aspect is that a lot of people don't really understand how cryptocurrency works. And it may not even be a cryptocurrency scam. They may be portraying it as a cryptocurrency method of payment. Ah. Um, and they instruct the senior exactly how to go through the process of doing that. And then it's diverted not into a cryptocurrency account, but into their own personal accounts. So um, they're going to they're gonna hold the hands of that victim and walk them all the way through the process of how to invest um, with a crypto cryptocurrency and some shadow currency that could be named anything. It's just they put the word crypto on it. It's the hottest thing. And right. taking that money right there from under them. Awful. And I think people don't understand how cryptocurrency works. And so um, and there's that sort of fever of not wanting to miss out on something that that is good, you know, um, without fully understanding and I was wondering also about um, people that don't have that much money. Um, sometimes our veterans are in places where they can get scammed uh, for all kinds of things because uh, some of them make up a large population of the not so fortunate. Do you see scams that way? We see scams across the board to everyone that affect veterans. And then there are scams directed at veterans to the benefits and companies that will help you apply for the benefits when you don't need to pay somebody to do that because you already qualify for that benefit. Or they'll qualify you for a benefit that you shouldn't have. And then once the government figures that out, you get penalized and taxed for that. And so there's all kinds of ways in which they go at veterans. Um, and, and scams, you know, look, whatever money they get is a bonus to them. So something like a romance scam, I would call sort of a long con game. Um, meet on the internet, um, talk for several months, um, mm -hmm. leave widow chat rooms and senior chat rooms and go into personal chats between people 
Um, it becomes very intimate. You share a lot of personal identifying information that way, your family. Um, and the, but, the, but the scammer can never meet you, right? Some, some disaster will befall them and they need your money. They need your help, right. uh, but they can never meet you because they don't really exist. Um, and then if you feel like you now have uh, realized that they're not, um, they don't exist and you call them on it. Now, the next thing they're going to tell you is, well, you better pay me money because I know where your children live. I know where you live. I will hurt you. I will kill you. Oh, maybe the next scam that comes in behind that is. We are international investigators from Interpol, and we know you've been scammed, and we're going to help you. We just need a little investigative money to get us started, and another scam is happening to you. Um, And then when the real police come in, you can imagine how confusing it is for the victim. So some of these scams can go on for a very long time and, and take a huge emotional, financial, and physical toll. Got to ask, do we get money back, and how can we, is is it even possible to get something recouped? You know, if people come to us and tell us while the scam's going on and someone's coming to your house to pick up the money and we can get law enforcement to set up at your house when someone comes to pick it up, then we can infiltrate that organization and start to hold those people accountable. But that means people have to come forward while the scam is going on and not afterwards. Renee, in terms of... um one of those home run moments or, you know, touchdown moments in a case. Is there any that you could share or one that you can you look back on and say, we really nailed that one and we, you know, helped the victim recover in some way? We are successful when we handle various aspects of the case. So if we're able to get full restitution, because this is a group of wonderful folks that they don't, they've spent their whole life accumulating this money. They don't have time to wait. So we want to get as much restitution back as we can. So as quick as we can get into seize assets so that they're not um, distributed, you know, before we have a chance to do that, that we can get perpetrators help. You know, there's a lot of physical abuse. We've talked about the financial scams, but there's so much physical abuse. There are family members abusing family members, and there's so much shame and guilt that goes along with that behind closed doors. And it's so important to get help to that, that person. Generally, that's what the senior wants, right? I just want my grandchild to get mental health treatment. We're talking um, black eyes, broken bones, when you say physical abuse. Absolutely. Everything. Punching, kicking, pushing, um, throwing things at, hitting things with, all the way up to the murders. Mm. Um, and when you have someone who's mentally ill or drug addicted and desperate for money, um, you have a very dangerous situation and we are, we are there to help with that where you couldn't, where the senior couldn't get that grandchild to go to treatment. I can make sure he goes right. Come mm-hmm. to court. I'm going to make sure that he gets the treatment that he needs so we can stop the problem. So it's not just that we incarcerate people. We're trying to fix the problem within this family, but we need seniors to come forward and tell us there's a problem. Let us help you. And as best we can, we want to get that money back. We want to get treatment for them. And we want to get counseling for you and help for you and repair of things broken for you because your quality of life is the most important thing for us. And that's also when I step in because um, there's a state program that I work with as well uh, where we assist victims of violent crime. So that elder who's been abused, we can try and help pay for some of those medical bill expenses or co-payments or prescriptions 
or anything related to the crime. We, I can also help with trying moving them, help them um, move out of that location. Um, also help with um, mental health counseling. We can all, we also have funds that where we can provide assistance for um, someone who's been abused to see a psychologist or a therapist. Anything else, Renee, that we should cover? Yeah, I mean, I want to tell this generation, they're just going to have to get a little bit tougher and be a little less trusting. And when someone calls you and you don't know them, hang up. And if someone knocks on that door and you don't know who they are, don't open the door. Because Mm -hmm. that's what we do to protect ourselves. And that's what this generation needs to do to protect themselves. Because there's a whole lot of people out there gunning for them. And they deserve to have everything they work for for their entire life. Yes. Absolutely. Great advice all around. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks again. So to our seniors, we agree. Stay tough and stay vigilant. You heard it right here from our friends at the L.A. County District Attorney's Office. Yes. Now visit our website at BeforeYouGo.tv for more information on how you can be in touch with those who will help. Now that website is BeforeYouGo.tv. And before we go... We want to remind everyone that those who are most vulnerable are sometimes just a phone call away. Just pick up the phone and make that call. There's no time like the present. What What a a gift. gift.